Blog Talk Radio. And it's incredible. I mean, 
it's, it's incredible. I just think these little kids are incredible. He said, like, he loves Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, and uh, Stevie King, Buddy Guy, Joe Sassuolo, Steve Vai, Steve Miller. So what, I mean, what kind of kid is this? He knows all the greats. He knows Led Zeppelin. He loves, he loves all this great rock blues guitarist. And I'm very, very impressed with this little guy. Um, there was a controversy, uh, Ian. Yeah, he's real little. And, I, and it's a controversy, Ian. Um, I heard that in 2008 they got a letter from some unknown person that didn't like the fact that uh, he was playing in club venues. So somebody sent an anonymous email and two state officials complaining that this guy was too young to be performing in taverns and nightclubs. What do you think about that, Ian? Wow. That is <laughs> such a... It's seriously, like, like, how can you threaten... Be, what, is this kid really being influenced by adult vices just by performing at a club where pe- where they might serve alcohol and where people would really enjoy not even so much the novelty that he's 11 years old, but that he's a, I've, I've seen the videos on YouTube, as you've shown me, Jay. He's an excellent guitar player. Yeah, I, I think as long as you take the kid off the stage uh, when it's time and not let him hang with the people there, I think it should be cool, you know, just let him play, hey, look at this guy, it's amazing, and then, you know, take him into the back room, in the back dressing room, and let him sit there. I mean, I'm pretty sure um, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., when he was a kid, and, you know, the little rascals and all of them have to do little things, you know. So, I don't know, maybe we just day people are more careful about, you know, children being around adults. <laughs> but anyway, that's here and there. But I don't think there should be a problem. Sit, you know, put him out there to play and bring him back with his mom and dad when he's done. Um, yeah. Three for the Jackson the Jackson's had to do that, you know. And, you know, I'm pretty sure the – Donnie and Marie, when they were kids, the Osmonds had to do that. You know, I don't, maybe, I don't know. I don't understand why that's the problem. Is, is he genius? I know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's something we've talked about on the show before about, like, when, about child stars, especially when we were talking about Michael Jackson. And it's, it's like people have, especially children, have always been infatuated with these children celebrities. Like, I remember, like, watching all those sitcoms in the 80s, 90s, and saying, that could be me. Why can't I be on TV right now? Like, it's it's certainly a accomplishment when you have such a talent, and sometimes it's talent, sometimes it's luck, sometimes it's both, to be able to be on a stage, whether it's television or an actual stage, even if it's at a little bar in Wisconsin, like where people, where you're performing and people want you to be there. That's a huge accomplishment. Obviously, with children, it needs, they need to be taken care of and making sure that they don't make bad decisions and that they aren't influenced at a young age. But let the talent be the talent. Let the music speak for itself. I, I totally agree with you, Ian, and I got two scenarios. One I actually experienced. Well, the first scenario I didn't experience, but what did the Partridge family do? And they had to, they had their bus and they went to play venue. The Partridge family the Partridge family. And I'm pretty sure they didn't have any problem with them doing that. 
the one that I did experience last month in December, I went to a Christmas party, and they had a bar, and it was like a place you could eat, and I experienced Gabby Wilson playing. And there was no problem. The people loved her. And so um, those are the two experiences I had, and that was a lot the live experience was the fact that Gabby played, and um, that was great. Um, so I don't see a problem with kids playing in front of people as long as it's parental supervision. It shouldn't ever be a problem. Completely get it, Jay. And it's almost time for our first guest. Would you like, would you like me to introduce him? Yes, he is a co-host of a popular weekly pod, podcast called This Week on Lot, where they talk about a lot of things that happen in the parking lots before concerts of bands like Fish, which has kind of been a recurring subject on this show. And I can see he's calling Billy from the Garden State today. So, Steve, can correct. you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm, it's yeah. Ian in New York. It's Jay in California. How are you, Steve? Hello, Janie, and good. I'm doing good today, guys. Hey, good. Thanks for joining us. No problem. No problem. Yes, so we're yes, so um so I introduced you a little bit about your show. Um my question is, um, I'd like to know about your music influences growing up. Like what where did they come from? Like, how much came from your parents, and how and how similar or different are your music tastes from them? Um, well, actually, um, my my taste in music are 100% the opposite of my parents' taste in music. I wouldn't say I found any kind of you know guidance from them. You know, they were children in that what was that that 50s and 60s era, like before the hippie stuff. You know. Like you know that that you know that Richie Valley kind of thing, the, the Barry Manilow, they were all into that. So I didn't really take too much any musical cues from them. Uh, didn't really find myself until I hit the good old college days uh, when I got turned on to the Grateful Dead and Fish and Pink Floyd and things of that nature. Um, which is you know now x amount of years later, I'm still listening to that kind of music, uh, still immersed into that scene, and that is why. You know, I do the This Week on Law podcast now. And then we actually just started another podcast uh, specifically on just the, the music side of things where we play clips and just dissect the jams uh, called Type 2 Cast. So getting my plugs in early there, guys. <laughs> very, very <laughs> early. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know what else to I, – I don't know how to explain it, to be honest. Uh, I know I, I was listening last week uh, when uh, – when you had um, Steve, uh, another Stephen on, and he was, um, you know, discussing his musical upbringings, I can't really say I can't really give any credit to my parents for anything, um, except unless I want to give credit for maybe they, I didn't like their taste in music, so I went out and found other uh, forms of music. <laughs> but. That's, that's good, Steve, because you know, that that gives the opposite view where if you have parents that really don't influence you, you can go out. We never had a guest like you. So this is really great, actually, because now you can tell us <laughs> what happens on the other side of the ball. So you can keep explaining yeah. that. So they actually didn't help you. So what made you go out and find your own music? What, what, what inspired you to do that? 
Um, you know, I don't know. It's 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 really kind of fuzzy. Maybe it's a, a mental block that I have. But you know, I think growing up, I remember some of the first tapes I had was like Billy Joel, or I would get like a Michael Jackson record, or you know, I was just you know maybe hearing what my friends were listening to, going out finding things on my own, you know, and at a certain you know just getting the allowance money from the parents to go buy it, and you know it was really a hodgepodge of just different styles and genres. I think I probably went through listening to everything. Uh, you know, up until, you know, about 17, 18, when I finally settled on, you know, being more influenced into, like, jazz fusion and, you know, jam improvisation, um, you know, and, you know, a little bit of uh, DJ techno hip-hop thrown in there. Just a little bit of unch just for the fun of it. Uh, but everything was kind of settled into that, into that you know, uh, vein of music, that genre, mm-hmm. those genres of music. Um, after going through everything else that's left <laughs> um, and just right. searching out and finding it and seeing what clicks. You know, it's a lot of trial and error for me growing up. So I want to ask about this allowance. Was this allowance for lunch? Did you actually take the money, the lunch money and converted it into music money? Or how did you do that? Could you give the details about how did that happen? Like, did they know you were the going rent to money? the store? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking like, yeah. I'm thinking coming back when I was like a little kid, you know, the mom gives you $10. <laughs> Maybe I was maybe I was lucky, you know. She gave me I took out the trash once a week and I got that ten dollar bill. <laughs> so oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and for it. <laughs> that, that's good. So did you um, the store that you went to? Did you just go there on your own without you know nobody knowing? It was like a top secret thing, or did you tell her, hey, mom, I'm headed down to the mini store. You know where the money is going. Uh, you know what I'm oh, going to do. Mean, to, go, that? To, go, to go see live music. Yeah, what you're talking about like going to see bands. Yeah. Well, I wonder when you said you you went and took some of the money and bought some record, bought some CDs also, or did you just go right, and take right. the money and go through? So I want to know: did you go we by know. yourself, or did your did your parents take you? Oh, um, you? I think I guess they took me sometimes. You know, um, I'm sure I rode my mm-hmm. bike to the mall. Other times, I was in a close proximity to being able to go out on my own. Um, you know, and as far as just going to see going to see bands, I probably didn't see too many shows. You know, until I was you know, out of the parents' house and able to, you know, drive and go with friends and do what I wanted. You know, it wasn't like having mom drop me off at the, the New Kids on the Block concert, you know, when I was like 13 yeah. or something like that. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, um, and then, of course, now is, nowadays it's, it's free game and open to, you know, find with the Internet and with everything at our disposal at our fingertips. You know, we're able to sample and get a taste of pretty much anything that's out there, which is really great. Um, you know, it really breaks down the barrier uh, for for kids these days, uh, for parents uh, to be able to sample and listen and, you know, get an idea of what this, the wealth of music that is available to everyone. Right. So you had said something that was interesting to me. You had a, you went into jazz fusion, which is kind of, you were young getting into that kind of music, weren't you? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's it's a, a on the on the in the top of mind, but I mean I would you know listen to someone like just you know variety of you know I mean I have all the the, the old the favorites in my computer you know I've got my Miles I've got my Coltrane I've got my Thelonious Monk <laughs> you know I have my MMW from some new stuff just mm-hmm. I try to keep an eclectic mix of things at my fingertips I guess so you never know when the mood's going to strike uh, right. And even on and even on that, more and more these days, just uh, I find myself using, even though I have hours and hours of, you know, I have that, the CDs, right? You know, they're all sitting in the corner. I don't break them out anymore. 
And then I've got all the stuff I've downloaded, MP3s, and I found out and traded all these tapes, and I've got all this music sitting on my hard drives. I don't even use that anymore. Now it's just like I throw on Pandora, <laughs> and I let it go, and if I find new music that way, it's great. <laughs> so what do we do? You know, it's growing, out, growing up out of these CDs. What do we do with all these CDs? And say, what, what is your uh, suggestion for big kids that's grown up and they acquired all this, these CDs and media? What do we do with this stuff? What did I do with it? I went to the pawn shop. (laughs) I went to the pawn shop. It's gone. (laughs) Okay. So everything now you say is like on Pandora and some of these these stations that play whatever you like at random and you can build your own Mm -hmm. radio stations and stuff like that. So um, does that frustrate you that you can't actually just grab the CD and play it over and over again at real? Or right now, I, you, yeah, you no, I don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, or is it like is it cool, Pandora? You know, you gotta you know sign to them and they become your uh, your new radio station. Is that a cool thing? Is that better than the old days? That's you know, I wanted to ask you that. Is that yeah, better no, than Pandora, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Pandora because it's you know I have X amount of stations and it it has an algorithm crafting you know your taste in music. You thumbs up things, you thumb, de- you thumb down other songs, and after X amount of months, you know, it crafts a station that things you're going to like, depending upon the mood, I can just say, oh, I'm going to listen to the Michael Franti station today, or I'm going to listen to the Bob Marley station today, and that's just my personal way of consuming music these days, um, you know, that between that, obviously, I host podcasts, I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm very ingrained in the digital age and, and keeping things at my fingertips, what's on my iPhone. I mean, even half the time I put albums on my iPhone and I don't listen to them. Um, I'd okay. rather have the variety in the mix. And I don't want to have to think about it. I don't like playing DJ for myself. <laughs> I want someone okay. else to kind of kind of do it sometimes. Does, does, the, does the Pandora listen to you? Would you say Pandora makes uh <clears throat> Most people don't actually go and buy and download records anymore since they have Pandora. No, I, I would think that, for the most part, Pandora is gonna would would, would promote people buying records because, uh, you know, if I'm gonna listen to the Bob Marley station, maybe some reggae artist that I never heard of is gonna come on. I'm gonna like the song. I can click the link and it's gonna show me where I can go buy it in iTunes, and then I can have the whole album at my fingertips. I'm still a collector at heart, and I still have the albums. And I mean, there are times when I want to listen to. You know the entire, I don't know, Pink Floyd's The Wall or something. You know that I'm going to throw it on. But mm-hmm. that's going to be a rare occurrence. Where I would say back, you know, 20 years ago, it was let's put on an album. We're going to listen to it from start to finish, and I'm going to go back and listen to that album over and over again. Um, you were limited by physical media and the space that you had in front of you to have only so much music. You know, now it's infinite. You know, if I can have infinite music, that's why I'm saying let me just throw on Pandora and let's see what happens. Let's roll the dice. You know, and if there's a special occasion, you know, maybe I'm cooking a little dinner. I want to throw on Coltrane's "Love Supreme." I've got it on my computer. I pop it on. And there we go. But that's okay. the <laughs> yeah, that's the rarity for me personally. Really, the space wow. is now just limited to your hard drive or the cloud. If you can find a solution to put all that, all those digital files there. Right, right. Limited, yeah. And I have, I have three, uh, three, uh, about four terabytes, uh, three and a half terabytes worth of hard drive space devoted just to music on my computer here. Wow, wow, that, man, that's really a collector. I got to give it to you. 
Um, <clears throat> you're one of many, but you know that's that's a lot. That, that's a lot of a movie. Um, there was a lot of stuff. I was uh, I was asking these questions because you know I was wondering like parents they don't tend to buy kids uh, music anymore as much as they did when I was younger, and I was wondering right. um, what effect that would have. I, I I came to the conclusion ever since they invented CDs, it kind of made the whole record business kind of go down because people can't bootleg an album. Like you can't say I'm going to make a vinyl album. And, and, and I'm going to go sell it at the flea market. But you can make a CDR, and you can go sell that for a dollar, which in turn, and with all these digital stations, you know, and Pandora and all these things, it tends to take away from the music industry to where people don't buy as much. So that's why I asked you that question earlier. Um, right. You, I mean, personally, I don't that? know if this is – well, yeah, I mean, personally, I'm, I, I don't buy into – I think it's somewhat of a myth that – being able to download music and have Pandora and, you know, things that are infinitely copyable, that it's hurting the record industry. Maybe it's, well, maybe it's hurting the record industry in a traditional sense of a brick and mortar. Here's a CD, here's a record, here's a tape, here's an A-track. Uh, go buy a copy. If you lose that copy, come buy another one. We'll take your $8 again. Um, you know, as far as the artists, there's plenty of artists out there. Uh, someone like Jonathan Colton comes to mind. Uh, girl talk, you know, people that are giving, uh, you know, fish, people that give out their seat, you know, give out music that, you know, people can get without having to buy. I can get all this music for free, and then my money is going to ticket sales, merch sales, uh, you know, uh, things of that nature. There's different ways for them to get revenue in without having to buy a CD. Uh, you know, it, again, with the example of Pandora, if I'm listening and there's an artist that pops up and I like the song, maybe I've never even heard of this guy, you know, I... You know, I listen to the music. Maybe I get it somehow. We won't go into how I get it. I get the CD. I check it out. I find he's coming to my town. Then I go pay the $15 to see him live. So, I mean, I think that's the model where it's going to go from now on is that you should be giving away the music for free, get people excited about wanting to see you, make the money in ticket sales, make the money in merch. And it's just a new model that, you know, old media is going to have to adjust to. I mean, we're sitting here on a podcast, you know, talking through the phone that, you know, this wouldn't have happened 30 years ago. Uh, right. So I think it's just really just a shift and adjustment that everyone's going to have to get used to. And as far as parents with kids, you know, maybe the little bit of, you know, I'm going to give him this album when he grows up, or you know, maybe when I, you know when I have a kid, I don't have a full for that. If I had one, maybe I would say, okay, here, I want you to listen to Fish's Hoist album. Here you go, check it out, listen, tell me what you think. Maybe he likes it, maybe he doesn't. But if he doesn't like it, then at least he's got all the other resources available to him, you know, to shape his. Your musical mind, if you will. Oh, you can uh, you can make a podcast and have him open it up in the future. You can have your uh, when you do have a kid, you can just say, "Hey, I put this thing in the incubator for you, so when you're born, this is your podcast. Open this on this date." <laughs> there you um, go. That's <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what you got to do with the kids. Now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think all things being equal. I was going to say, all things being equal, I think I think I think the kids today, you know, definitely better off with technology, and you know, they're growing up and they're just starting things off with computers. Um, I know me and Ian are around the same age, and you know, we were, you know, growing up when it was still rare every now and then to find that. So, you know, the technology age with kids these days, it's just gonna, it's second nature, and I think uh, it should definitely be embraced and not I mean, try to I hold mean, on to old messages. I mean, everything, it's like they've had it since they were little children. We, I mean, we got it like when we were like 17, 18, 19. 
Like, they've had it their mm. whole lives, and they're going to be that much more advanced than we are. Right, right. Did you, uh, did you plan on having any kids, uh, Stephen? Uh, <laughs> are you I mean, as long as my... As long as my girlfriend's not listening, then you know maybe maybe we'll we'll have some kids. <laughs> it depends. Do you play instruments yourself? Do you play around with it, or just mess around with guitars or anything like that? Uh no. Um, you know, I I went through the I had the saxophone when I was in fifth grade. You know, I played. I tried. You know, I tried to pick it up. Didn't really click for me. I have a couple of drums sitting around the house. You know, for the for the fish lot. <laughs> Uh, but that's really about it. Not, um, you know, I made my jingles for the for my podcast in, in GarageBand and uh, uh, Adobe Sound Booth. So I mean, I've you know, I by no means at all an artist in that sense of the word. Uh, but you know, I would obviously be an, uh, a proponent of anyone out there learning an instrument and taking up music. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the pressure when you were playing the sax as a kid, sitting in the classroom with the other kids? What kind of pressure do you get, you know, like when they read the music better than you? Could you give us some of the feelings that you had, you know, why you might have just said, I don't want to do this anymore, or it's too hard, or I don't want to play, I'm going to go play baseball. What was some of the pressure you had as a kid in that music class? Could you, do you yeah, remember you know, any of that? You know, it's tough, I because th- I think that's probably you hit the nail on the head there. It's I, I did it for a little bit, it, you know, I, I, it's hard to say how good I was at it or bad I was at it, but you know, you know, being so all right, the sax doesn't work. Yeah, I played baseball then for two years. Eh, I don't like that. Then I played hockey. You know, eh, I didn't like that either. And you know, if you're maybe if you're not the best at it when you're younger, it's very easy to give up on things. Um, you know, again, going back to like formative years for me being you know college, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, when I fell into where I am now with my music was the same kind of thing like with hobbies. You know, I fell into taking some photography classes. You know, I got into doing some, you know, design on the computer. You know, those are things now that have clicked with me, and whether I'm the best or the worst at it, you know, for the past, 20, you know, 10, 12, 13 years, I've still, I'm still doing those hobbies, uh, regardless of whether, you know, the pressure's there. So, you know what, you kept the creativity, but you dropped the instrument. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you still yeah, got yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right, good. Right. That's good. Yeah. Because a lot of kids, you know, when they're when they're um like me, when I was in class, you know, I didn't like you know, reading music was cool and everything. I had to learn how to read music, but I didn't like it because it made you regimented. So therefore I was like, this sucks, I gotta sit here and read, you know, uh Chopin. Oh gosh, eesh. why can't why can't I just play what I wanna play? Man, I wanna go outside. It's took a study. You know, you have other other things enticing you to do other things, but the fact that I stuck with it because I knew uh, my dad was a jazz musician and uh, it might be a belt waiting for me when I got home. No, that's not true. But <laughs> basically, basically, I had a musical dad and he would have been very uh, not happy if I didn't continue. And you might not have that. That might have been the reason why you might have chosen to do something else because you didn't have to continue with your parents because they're musically inclined when you get home. So everybody has a different situation, but I'm glad that you kept the creativity part of it because now you're doing things, the iPod and stuff digitally and, and, and you're doing stuff and you're creating and that's what's good about it. Music has that effect, you know? It, and, it, I guess, it and I guess the interesting thing is, right, the, the side note is that you were saying your dad was a jazz musician. My dad's a computer programmer. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> Apple not falling far from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I'm with it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's maybe also why now you're doing that. So that that that's that's amazing. So what what, what things do you see in the future? Where do you think music might be going? You know, you know, after you know the next generation, like you know, they got the tabs and the iPads, and where do you see it? Do you see any? Uh, can you share with our audience where you, what the future might be? I mean, I think the future is going to be the the barrier to entrance now is so low that the the tools that are out there for anyone to go make music, listen to music, consume, produce, it's it's at everyone's fingertips. It's affordable. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot better things out there. We're going to see a lot more people involved. And I think, you know, there it's it's definitely just a good thing all around um, that if someone wants to do whatever it is, whether it's become an iPad DJ or, like, you know, uh, or, you know, just put on a podcast or just be able to mix some things in GarageBand or, you know, record themselves playing an acoustic guitar and be able to publish it to the world. You know, someone that would, maybe was playing the acoustic guitar 50 years ago and they only had the local guy in town hear them, you know, now you can go do that and you could have the whole world as your audience. Uh, so, you know, we'll get a lot more crap out there, to be honest. <laughs> but well, I think we'll also find some gems that weren't possible before you know, in, in, the, in the past, so. Wow, Steve, you know what? You've been a great guest. You are awesome, man. And, and Ian, I appreciate you bringing this guy in. You gave us another way of looking at it, you know, because we, some people don't have influence from the parents. You still, no matter what, continue to love music, no matter if you had it coming from your parents. And that's amazing because uh, you just God just gave you that gift to be like that. And that's all I can say. Uh, or had it despite <laughs> the parents. Exactly, exactly. I, that's true for that, you know, whether despite or the lack of, but it definitely worked out good in my story, and I definitely didn't have any musical influence growing up, so they're, they're, all things are possible. But uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun, and uh, if anyone wants to check out what I got going on, it's uh, thisweekonlots.com is the easiest way to get a hold of uh, my podcast out there. Wonderful, wonderful. Very cool. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Very cool, Jay. And before we bring on our next guest, let's do our own plug for What Is Your Treasure. That is whatisyourtreasure.net, where we ask about what is it that's important in your life? What is it that you treasure? That's right. Jay. What is your treasure? That's right. What I treasure is like I always say. Our whole world living together is one nation, and that's what I treasure. We all become one human race. Anyway, what is your treasure about that? You guys got to go out there and check that out because uh, everybody has different treasures in their life. So we want to make make sure that you go there and check out our website. Excellent. All right, Jane, now let's bring on Ethan. <laughs> Hold on, let me bring him on. Ethan, can you hear us? I can hear you very well. Excellent. Welcome. It's Ian in New York and Jay in California. How are you today? Hi. I'm good. Hi, Ethan. Hello? Yeah, so, yeah, so Ethan, as we've been sharing on the show about musical influences, and right. and how were you influenced growing up music-wise in the family, whether it's been through your parents or through siblings or through friends? Well, early on, it was all my parents. And when I was young, I guess we all listened to the same kind of oldies music that the last guest mentioned. And I actually liked it. It's fun music. I, I still do kind of like that music. 
But growing up, that was pretty much all we listened to. And my parents actually made it kind of a game. I don't really remember this, but when I was starting when I was around two, we would just play games trying to guess who who the artist was on the radio. And apparently I was better at it then than I am now. And after a while, my parents and my own musical taste kind of drifted apart. As I got older and as my, my parents got older, my dad got more into classical music. And I've never gotten into that at all. I just, I don't, I don't know quite why it is. It just doesn't resonate with me. The kind of older music with, with no words or kind of operatic words. I think I've always kind of related to the lyrics so much that when you get music that's all about the complex musical symphonic type stuff, I just never really liked it. And that actually kind of got, that might have actually strained the relationship a little bit because as my father got more into classical music, we would have car rides, which would often contain long classical pieces. The only piece of thing going on, we just had, we couldn't really talk that much, we were just listening to it. And I was like, bleh. And then I, as that was happening, I think I got more and I, I finally started listening to like current music. And I think I'm kind of moving back and forth here. Is in addition, in addition to the oldies and the classical music, when I was about ten. I think I was around 10. My my father introduced me to Tom Lehrer CDs. I don't know if you know who he is. Who was that again? What's his name again? Tom Lehrer. He's a... He was a comedy musician. He was a math teacher to put out a few comedy albums in the 1960s. Okay. Well, how do you spell his last name? L-E-H-R-E-R. Come on. Pretty easily in Wikipedia. He's probably in Pandora. Wow. Singer, songwriter, and mathematician. Singer, songwriter, mathematician. Wow. Wow. Well, my father is a math teacher, and that's probably part of how he got into Tom Lear. That's, that's, that's so interesting. Wow. That is, that is very interesting, that, that Tom Lear guy, because music is math, but I, want, I will get into that it later. It is. There is math. If, if I was better at math, I might be better at the music part of music. Right. Right, right. That's true. Very true. Very true. I'm interested. It's interesting what you're saying. You can keep keep going because very interesting. Very interesting. And I think from Tom Lear, 
I think I, I it was funny, and I I probably enjoyed laughing from music even more than I enjoyed the general rhythms and words of it and all. And from there, it, parents got me a Dr. Demento CDs, mm-hmm. which is all sorts of comedy music. And I think that's where I started wanting to do that myself. Okay. And from a writing ability perspective, I'm pretty much there. It's just from a musical perspective, I'm not, which is why you haven't heard of me, except just know that Ian has met me in person. Okay. So that yes, is I mean, pretty much my musical history. Unless you have questions that would like clarify things. Absolutely. I mean a big I mean a big part of this show is that we bring people from all different points of life and right. we can understand their understand their musical upbringings and how it influences or doesn't influence relationships with their families and their parents growing up. And it's—I mean, what you've shared was definitely powerful. Definitely something very different from from what we've heard. I mean, especially yeah. just bringing together the like bringing together the music and the math. That I do understand having. I mean, having been in, played an instrument as a kid and just learning notes and learning things and learning different times and measures and everything, I can see how mathematics and music definitely, there's definitely a relationship there. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely, I wanted to, I wanted to ask um do you play you play an instrument, right? Very poorly. I, I mess around on the drums occasionally at open mics and I can fake one chord in the guitar. But no, I don't <laughs> really play an instrument. But you do I know really, the really wish I could. Oh but you but you do know there's a relationship between mathematics and music. You do know that. Yes, I do. And, I do. And you do and it, and it has to do with you know um, the I think scales and the patterns that are there. They're all right. you know. I it was a book, um, the Thesaurus of Scale and Music, that talked about. Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it definitely talked about the relationships between math and music. And most people who who are mathematicians are also great musicians, by the way. And the guy that you were talking about here, um, Tom Lira, that guy. It, you know, I'm looking at him now, and I'm saying, "Wow, that he!" It just proves that if you are a mathematician, you can be a great musician also, because you can sit oh, there yeah. and divide. Yeah, so that's very interesting for our listening audience to know that music can help educate, and and that's what that's the whole thing I was saying. Ian, um, music can help educate kids, and and talking to you right now, that just proves the fact that uh, if you learn an instrument in school. Maybe some kids don't stay in class because there's math. Math is part of the uh, the workload. There, you got to have to learn how to add uh, quarter notes and half notes and rests and beats and 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 tones. And, and so I'm glad that you brought that up because our listening audience needs to know that 
That's why we need to keep our children in school playing instruments because it's all part of learning, and it will help them with their I math. I think I've heard there are a lot of cuts and that the, the music program often gets cut. Right. I, I, I never... I never played an instrument growing up. I just, I, I, I struggled with the recorder when we had to play the recorder. I, for some reason, my my memory for musical, my hand-to-note memory just doesn't work properly. So I can just never get the, the music down. I wish I really wish I could. Right, right. But the drums, you actually hit on stuff, so that works. Yeah, yeah, the drum, the drums I can fake a little bit. <laughs> you know, we don't really need. There, I don't think there's as much math involved in the drums. So, so what music are you listening to now? As you've grown up now, what are you listening to today? I've still, I still, I think it might be partially from listening to so much growing up that I don't. I still don't really get super excited by any sort of music. But I listen when I do turn on the radio. I usually put on the. The hit station, Z100 here. Okay. Is there is there any particular musician or artist or singer or performer that you, if you had a chance to go see them and somebody gave you a free ticket, you could go see them, you had time. Is there one artist that you would love to, you know, go see? Uh, right on the spot, I don't know. Okay. Okay. But it wouldn't be a classical. It wouldn't be a classical musician, I gather. It would not be classical. <laughs> I'm sure of that. Okay. okay. So, what about, so are, are your are your parents still listening to classical? And your dad is still listening to the same stuff as you? Uh... As far I think my dad still is listening to classical. My mom has kind of gravitated more to to NPR than okay. music all that much. Okay. Ah, okay. And I guess it should bring siblings into this too as well. I have a younger brother and he's more into Broadway music. Okay. He's just always been a big theater guy and that's his favorite kind of music and and that has so really like- nothing to do with parental influence. He just discovered it on his own and liked it. Okay. Well, you know, Ethan, we, you have brought us to a different light, and we see things through your eyes, and we really appreciate you being on our show. We, I mean, I really thank you for bringing up the okay. mathematics of music and, 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 and talking about your family and the classical part, and you've been great, and I appreciate you on our show. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks man. for having me. Mm-hmm. Thanks for calling us. Yep. All right. See you. All right, bye. Bye-bye. All right, and now... Two guests down, one to go. So, Karen, are you on? I am. Hi. How are you? Hello, how are you? I can't tell you the the last time I heard your voice. It must be at least 15 years. Like, wow. Do I still sound like the same little girl you knew at camp? Perhaps, (laughs) except except for, I mean, seeing pictures with your husband and your children. I know. Isn't Facebook great? I love it. Yes, yes, it is. I, I mean, I mean, even though you took a six-month sabbatical, I did. 
I did, but then I I just missed out on on too much of my friends' happenings in their lives. So I decided to rejoin and monitor myself a little bit more. So, well, yeah. Well, welcome but, back yeah. to the internet. Thank you. I gravitate towards uh, Luddite lifestyle. I am on a pay-as-you-go cell phone plan and things of that nature. So I'm a teacher, actually, and right now I'm a teaching assistant but, uh, to young children. So uh, technology isn't part of my career particularly. Absolutely, but by the same time, that means that doesn't mean that music hasn't had a big influence in your life. No, whether you're calling from an oh, iPhone no, or is... through an old rotary dial phone. <laughs> yes, I'm playing my record albums as we speak. I actually do own an iPod. I think that's the most uh, advanced, besides my Mac, advanced item I own. So yes, I do listen to a lot of music. In fact. Lately, my hobby has been going to the library, actually reserving CDs online, and then picking them up at the library, and I've uh, drastically increased my collection of music, which has been great. Very cool. So, so, so tell us about how it began, and the influence you had, the influence that your parents had um, as you were growing up when it came to music and how it led to who you are and your musical taste today. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a pretty strong correlation between the music that I was exposed to as a kid and what I listen to and what I play for my kids today, although, of course, things have evolved and there are some differences. But when I was little, um, I had an album, I had a record player in my room at a very young age, and I had a an album of cowboy music sung, sung by Disney characters like Goofy and Mickey that I just loved, um, like Home on the Range type stuff, and then uh, Free to Be You and Me, of course, my hippie music roots, Free to Be You and Me, um, and then just silly silliness. I listened to songs that tickle your funny bones. I remember those three albums in particular, because I just think I played them over and over again. Um, my mom played classical music all the time, which is funny because I think she hardly ever listens to classical music anymore, but she was that's all we really heard from her. Um, my, my dad played, well, she also played some folk music, but I felt like the folk and rock was more coming from my dad. So, you know, I had my kids' music. I especially loved Free to Be You and Me. I had my Jewish music, like Safam. My dad used to take me to Safam concerts um, a lot. I remember going to quite a few Safam concerts whenever they were in town in New Jersey. And, um, you know, the music that I got just through Judaism also influenced me. Um, And he listened to, like, Peter, Paul, and Mary. My mom did also Nitty Gritty Dirt Band CSNY, Dire Straits, Van Morrison, Paul Simon. Um, So kind of a range of bluesy classic rock to folk rock. And uh, I guess Dire Straits was was probably the most modern that he listened to at the time, and Paul Simon. So, you know, and I liked, and I still like all of those bands. I mean, more CSNY and 
Van Morrison and Credence. But, you know, I, it's just funny now because I have kids and um, I think, like, I didn't even know I knew all the lyrics to the Peter, Paul, and Mary songs until I had kids. And they just come out. So I know them somehow, so I assume my parents sang them for me a lot. I mean, some, somehow they were uploaded into your system to the point exactly. where at one point they could be relatively accessed from decades later when the time comes. Right, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. I mean, you don't even realize the library that you have of uh, kids' music So until you have kids. And um, so, yeah, it's it's quite... There's been quite a quite a line running through. I mean, actually, my mom played a lot of classical, and I always felt like it was funny. Just I remember being a little kid, and um, I remember her going out, and my sister was a little older, so she would kind of babysit me. And then if she was before she was old enough to babysit, the girl down the street would come. And I always felt like if we changed the radio station to the to the modern, the pop station, and listened to what I I didn't know the word for it, but what I considered lowbrow music, I felt like I had to put on the more highbrow classical before my mom got home. Like I was almost embarrassed, like at a very young age, to want to listen to Madonna, which is just like a funny feeling for a kid. <laughs> so I'm always sure to play a, a, a big selection of music. You know, I certainly want them to have discerning taste but at the same time I want them to have an open mind you know toward music so um, once I started kind of getting a little older I got more rebellious and things like Madonna you know I, I would buy the tape with my allowance and things like that so yeah I have a question I want to know more about the free to be you and me era um, <laughs> what did you like about that era? What, what, you know, you're saying like this was your hippie era. Or, give me um, give me some info. What did you like about that that part of your life when you were listening to that? Well, you know, if you've ever heard the the free to be Al- free to be you and me album done by Marlo Thomas, actually it was in the 70s, and it's just this fabulous um, music that encourages kids, you know, to to pursue their dreams and it it it's done in a lighthearted way that doesn't come across as, you know, trying to manipulate moral messages. Um so but it, at the same time it just speaks to kids sense of, you know, wanting to um wanting some freedom, you know, especially kids who go to school and have to sit in a chair all day and it talks about, you know, running free and and then it has like songs about being good, how to be a good friend, and how to help, and how to make cleaning more fun. And then it has a funny, uh, funny little um, spoken segment about um, a boy baby who thinks he's a girl in the in the nursery at the hospital, cause, but he's he's bald. I don't know. He thinks he's a girl, but he's bald, and the girl's telling him he's a boy. It's just it's just a very funny CD. And and it it uh was that a TV show also? Was it? Oh, I think it might have been a show, but I didn't really watch the show. You know, I listened to the Muppets 
I we I mean we used to like as a family we used to watch the Muppet Show. That was a big thing for us. You know, we'd all get together and watch the Muppet Show and they had a lot of musical guests. So mm-hmm. oh, and I, I of course play the Muppet Show C D for my kids all the time. Um but the whole like folk music and the free to be you and me, I mean it, it led later into me being a fish fan and a grateful dead fan and music that sort of let you go in your own direction and didn't kind of um, try to guide you into one place or another. That's the type of music that I gravitate toward. So, okay, that's that's now. Did you go to any concerts with your dad? Like you were mentioning, Dire Straits and uh, Van Morrison and uh, Paul Simon. Simon and Did you did you go to? Did he take you to these concerts? Um, he took me to actually. He took me to a bluegrass festival that I I I remember, and uh, I actually now. I mean, I live in Tucson, and it's just funny because one of my favorite records as a kid was the Western music, and then, you know, I went to this bluegrass festival, and now I come out here, and I'm not really into the country music that's popular here, but I love bluegrass, and there's quite a bluegrass scene out here. Um, he took me to Billy Joel, Elton John, and although I wasn't really and still am not a fan of Elton John, I love Billy Joel. I still listen to Billy Joel. You know, my first concert was Billy Joel. That was actually with a friend. Um, I was, it was with some of my school friends, but he did take me later to a Billy Joel concert. And he took me to a lot of Safam concerts, and they're kind of a folk rock uh, Jewish band. So... You know, and then my I remember going to see the Nutcracker um, a few mm-hmm. times. I think I might have seen Swan Lake, you know, and I remember, like, sometimes seeing just live concerts at festivals and things like that. Um, so, you know, I kind of developed an appreciation for classical, but I don't, I think more so the, the rock and the bluegrass really um, went to my heart. Okay, okay, okay. Is there is there a lot of entertainment in, in Tucson, Arizona? Is there? Um, oh yeah, I mean we have. Um, yeah, I mean when I got a little older, actually my my stepbrother listened to rap. He listened to kind of hardcore rap, and so um, I started to like rap a little bit. Um, actually going to try to see Snoop Dogg, who's coming pretty soon. But actually, Tucson's scene is very. Uh, Folky. There's some kind of like Mexican folk rock. There's you really get everything. I mean, that's what I tend to see. But um, we've seen quite a few shows here. Oh gosh, I'm trying to recount them. Most recently, I think we saw Lucinda Williams. Um, but let's see. My husband saw Public Enemy. I mean, I can't even. Recall, I think Guster's coming in a few weeks, and we're going to try to see that. Um, we just got a babysitter. We don't think that, you know, life has to stop when you have kids, um, like personal life. So we try right, right, to get right. out, try to, to continue, you know, staying in the music scene. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a there's a very vibrant music community here, for sure, like huge 
Um, there's just always live music going on. I mean, any day of the week you could go somewhere and see live music, from jazz to folk to rock and punk. You know, it's it's pretty awesome. And, of course, there's country music, but I really have no idea what's going on in that scene. So, Well, we, we love having you as a guest, Karen, on our show. Our hearts Thank go you. out to your city. Our hearts go out to your city. Our hearts go out to your city. Um, yeah, it's been pretty horrible, but there are still lots of wonderful people here, and uh, it's a beautiful place. So I'm hoping that you know the community can get together and not let the events that happened recently be in vain, and that we can you know create a more peaceful, um, more supportive, and open-minded um, community and a dialogue on this. So. Thank you for your thoughts. I know everybody's thinking about us all right now. Yes, a heart out to you, and uh, we appreciate you coming on our show. And uh, lovely guest. All right, it was great talking to you again. Take care. (laughs) Bye bye. All right, bye. Thank you. Well, Jay, what a great show we had. We had three very different guests. Influenced by different ways, some with relationships with their parents, some not. We had Karen, who has, who was very much influenced by her parents to the point where right now she, um, where as a parent she can, she's introducing her children to music, and it shows just everyone just has just different relationships, and at the same time that. There is a level of musical health, as you always like to say, Jay. Yes, and then, and then you know, it was extraordinary. There was a level of musical health when there wasn't any pretty much roots there with just Stephen, which is amazing because we've never had a guest like that up to now where the parents didn't put any gas in the fuel tank and the car still started. So that was amazing from him and, and the next guy was wonderful, too. You know, he was saying, well, his parents uh, listened to the classical. He wasn't too much into it. But he still found his way to, like, music. And so these guests were, music tends to still grow on you, even if you don't have anybody influencing you as a kid. It still manages to get into your bones and into your bloodstream, which is wonderful. And then the, I love Karen, you know. Um, she just had a great musical health. I mean, it's when her, parents, her mom listened to classical music, her dad listened to mostly folk music and rock. And, 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 and that she had, like, that point in her life where she was rebellious and bought a Madonna album. And, yeah. that, that, and that, yes, that hasn't killed the relationship. And that's yeah, I mean, she went all, she, yes, that going to Madonna, she went all the way to the, to the right, you know. I mean, you come, here you're coming from Paul Simon and classical music, and then you're going to go chase Madonna. You know, it's kind of like, oh, that's really a rebel. <laughs> Absolutely. So she, well, she was wonderful. Absolutely. They yeah, all were wonderful. Mm-hmm. We, we we thank everybody here, everyone um, who's listened to the show today. We should be back next week. We should have a particular time announced by tomorrow of when next week's show will be. But, Jay, it's been great talking to you like usual. And looking forward, looking forward mm-hmm. to, to, to next week here on Parents, Kids, Music. 
And also remember you two just remember to check out what is your treasure dot net. Once you get that what is your treasure dot net. Oh okay, I got it. What is your treasure dot net? Oh yeah, good good job. I'm glad you got it. I hope you Jay, I hope you check it out. And we'll see you next time. Or hear you. Okay.